This is Dental All-Stars, where we bring you the best in dentistry on marketing, management, and training. Here's your host, Alex Nottingham. Welcome, everybody, to our series that we're doing, Coronavirus Survival Webinar Series for Dentists. We'll be focusing more on skills and tactics for the dentist, less so on the coronavirus. That's, you can learn a lot about that on, on TV. But we're looking, how do we not just survive in the situation, but how do we thrive? And every week at 2 p.m. Eastern, we're going to be meeting with multiple guests. And very often, if not every time, we're going to have our head instructor on here, Larry Gazzardo. And we're so blessed to have our coaches. I know on this call, we have Robin Reese, our VP of coaching, our HR specialist hiring uh, director. We also have Eric Vickery. Typically, I think he'll be on the call. He's our KPI coach. He's got a lot of good ideas with when it comes to um, numbers and so on. And those are just the coaches that I have on today, but I'll introduce other coaches as they, as they come on board. So this is the beginning of the series, and we want to talk about the subject is how does this CARES Act, uh, how will it affect dental, dental practice? That's the new legislation that was finally approved upon. We spoke before about what to do. We spent a lot of time in the prior webinars. We did a Hope in Uncertainty series. We had Larry Gazzardo, we had Adrian Twig, we had Dr. Lauren Levine, and we talked about, on the HR side, we talked about employment, talked about whether your layoffs, furloughs, and a lot of stuff. So we covered all that, and the replay is on the All-Star website. We have that survival guide. You can get that information there. I don't want to spend too much time on that because it's discussed there at length. And for those who do not know Larry Gazzardo, uh, All-Star Academy's head instructor, he's also a Dawson Academy instructor. He was <laughs> scheduled to speak at the Hinman, which is, as many of you know, one of the largest well-known speaking opportunities in dentistry and he had five sessions and that was canceled but he's always speaking around around the world and and up to the very end he's one of the top consultants in dentistry and wrote many books and we're just so grateful to have him he's an expert on gosh like any any topic um, you know, I know I have him for scheduling and phone skills and those things, but it's really amazing the level of knowledge he has about what's going on from a legislative perspective and economic situation. So we're so blessed to have Larry Gazzardo with us. So Larry, let me turn it over to you uh, just to kind of give us some updates on what's going on with uh, the CARES Act and how to well, fix it. I, I just want to be clear that the Hinman was not canceled because I was on the program this year. Oh. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, I, I'm only laughing because there's been so few opportunities to laugh um, the last few weeks. I'm, I'm hopeful and, and encouraged that we're all going to get through all of these things. Um, but I can appreciate if you're concerned and anxious because I, I, I feel exactly this, the same way. Uh, matter of fact, I just got off a, of a webinar um, hosted by a group of CPAs so that I can continue to get updated on changes that are coming along. One thing I love about the government is that they're moving quickly. And one thing I'm not happy about is that they haven't exactly thought out all the details of everything that they're moving about on. So things are changing even as we speak, but now we're in the clarification phase. I think the government has been very clear 
how they want us to move forward in our dental practices. <clears throat> and if you're not familiar with it, um, what the government is doing right now is they're trying to help us literally like freeze our practices in place because they don't want us to go to work. They really don't want us to see patients, you know, other than those extreme emergencies. Um, and they want you to be able to re-employ all of your staff as soon as we get the all clear. We just don't know when this all clear is going to be. Um, they're trying to be encouraging by saying, you know, April's probably going to be a wash and then probably May or sometime, you know, thereabouts in May, we're gonna get up and going. And that's why they're using dates like May, June, or get this done by June the 30th or, or whatever. What I'll say to everybody is that's just because that's as much as they know. They think all of this is gonna blow over by then. I don't have a crystal ball and I'm not a virologist, if that's the right term. So I don't know how these things work. Um, it could go longer. So just be aware this is a fluid situation. And even though they're saying, you know, May, June for, for reopening or resuming uh, regular operations, many states have already pushed that back farther and said, nope, it's going to be June. So whatever they're saying, just kind of back it up. Um, but they want us to hunker down in place and they want to make sure that your employees are safe during this period. And so they have given us vehicles um, to be able to do that. Now, rather than creating a whole new bureaucracy to pay everybody, um, and I think they were smart to do this, because no matter what they would have done, they would have created confusion that they didn't intend to create. But what they did was they took um, vehicles that were already in place, and they're utilizing them to make sure that the financial assistance that they're making available can get to people as quick as possible. And um, so they're using the unemployment system and they're using the uh, Small Business Administration. They're using those two systems. There's also a component that will probably come out of the IRS, but that it's just, it's all a pipe dream right now, but they'll probably use the IRS as well as a way to um, get money to people. But that, that's gonna take a little bit longer to implement. But right now, so long as you have been told that you have to limit your services and reduce hours, then what they want you to do is use the unemployment system to uh, pay your employees, either to pay them for the hours that they can't work or pay them for all the hours you know, that they're not able to work if they can't come in at all. And so what I'm realizing is that when we tell people we want you to file for unemployment, some get the impression that we're just you know, kicking them to the curb. You know what I mean? Because in some places, for some people, that's what unemployment means. And what you want to remind all of your employees is that we are not kicking you to the curb and you are not terminated. You are not terminated. We are not severing our relationship with one another. So it's a weird thing to think of. You, you have a job. You're just not working. That's, that's what's happening right now because the government actually wants you to stay home and they're willing to provide assistance so that you can afford to stay home. Because obviously if you can't go to work under normal circumstances, if you can't, if you can't go to work, you, you can't get paid. But the government is saying, no, 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 we want you to stay home and we're, we're willing to pay you. And so they're doing that through the unemployment system. Now the unemployment system has two components to it. 
and these details are still being worked out. There's the traditional state unemployment or the amount of money that the state provides. And so, and the state typically has a formula and they say, um, we're gonna probably pay you up to about 50% of what you used to make, you know? And in most states, that's somewhere between three and $400 a week that most employees get. It's about half of what they used to make. Uh, and there's limits and, and things like that. So there's that component. Then with the CARES Act that the uh, Congress just passed, just, just last Friday, so it's, it's literally the ink has not dried on this act, and it's over 600 pages long, so there's a lot of details uh, about it. But part of it that helps us is that the federal government is giving the states an additional $600 that could be given to you on top of what the state is going to give you. So, so there's details about exactly will it be $600 we're giving you or are we going to give you up to $600? And so those, those are some of the details that, that we're trying to work out. So what that means for most of us is that we're gonna get the component from the state and then we're gonna get this portion from the federal government. They kind of boosted up the program, kind of supercharged it. Um, it's temporary. They're only gonna do this for about two months, but their desire is that if we can hunker down in place long enough and keep people from being out in public, then the virus will pass, the virus will pass, and people can come back to work. So that's how the unemployment system works. So we are asking everybody to file for unemployment because that's what the government wants us to do. Uh, the state will um, uh, give partial benefits. Um, if you're called into work because you have to see an emergency or maybe you need to go in to answer the phone uh, and do some work on the schedule because there's patients that had appointments that are affected and you know need to be contacted and all that. So if you have to go into work, that will not affect your ability to claim benefits. They'll still pay partial benefits. So you'll have what your boss is paying you or what you're paying your employees, plus you'll, you'll have what the state is going to give you. Then the federal government is throwing money on top of that. The, the details that they're still working out is because it's the government, it's never just that simple, the states all have to agree or kind of apply for this extra benefit from the federal government. To my knowledge, every state is going to say yes, and they're going to take the money, but the federal government just doesn't pump their unemployment insurance fund with cash. They, they have to ask for an amount, and the federal government is gonna give it to them. So it's very generous, and so the intention there is that they want to provide this assistance, they want your employees, or if you are an employee, they want you to take it. Um, they've relaxed a lot of the rules around it um, because they wanna give partial benefits, they wanna give it to part-timers, they're willing to give it to contract employees, they're also going to give it to people who may be sole proprietors or um, independent contractors, I think I mentioned that. So people who traditionally were not eligible for unemployment benefits are now eligible for them because that's the system that they're using to get this money out there. So uh, what we're recommending, and, and you can also talk to other financial advisors and your CPA, of course, but I think they'll give you the same advice, is that if you are closed or shut down or have reduced hours, then have all of your employees 
file for unemployment. And so that's one of the systems that they're using to get aid out to uh, individuals. They're also using the Small Business Administration. And so as business owners, you're gonna use both of these systems. They work together. The unemployment system is designed to pay employees while you're limiting your care. Once you reopen, the um, Small Business Administration is providing loans because once you reopen, they want you to, regardless of your uh, 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 level of demand, they want you to bring all your employees back. And, and you may feel like, well, I, when I first reopen, I may not be that busy. I might not need all of these employees. And they say, we're okay with that. You bring them back anyway, because we're gonna lend you the money to pay them at their prior rate before this disaster started. We're gonna pay you for that. I'm sorry, we're gonna give you a loan uh, to do that. And then we're gonna let you apply. We're gonna let you apply for forgiveness. And so if you can demonstrate to us that you use the money that we lent you to pay your employees, along with some other expenses, they're throwing a lot in there, mortgage interest, uh, rent, um, some other miscellaneous expenses. But if you can prove to us that you use this money for those expenses, we're going to forgive that portion of, of the loan. So there's those two components, the unemployment insurance, and then there is the um, SBA. The SBA um, has two components that we can take advantage of. I just described what was called the Payroll Protection Act. That's the money that they're gonna give you to pay the employees once you're allowed to resume operations. So unemployment for while you're limiting your care and then the payroll protection uh, loan for once you're able to resume operations. What do you do in the meantime? Between the time that you had to limit care, you know what I mean? You, you have bills that have become due and you have no revenue coming in because you've, you've been shut down. So now what do you do? Well, a part of the SBA program or some of the funding that they have available is what's determined uh, or what's called an economic injury disaster loan, EIDL or E-I-D-L. Um, I'm just going to call it a disaster loan or an economic disaster loan. And this is available to all business owners, all small business owners who have less than 500 employees. And this is a very low interest loan. Um, it's not forgiven, but it's a low interest loan that you can use to pay some other expenses that may have come up, that may have come up since you were told to reduce your hours. Now, you don't have to apply for something like this. Um, some people may already have a line of credit. Some people may already have a reserve fund stashed away and they're lending money to their business. Um, and so they may not need it. The interesting thing about this economic disaster loan is that attached to it is also a $10,000 grant. And, and many of you may have already heard quite a bit about this. So to get the grant, which is money that they're giving you that uh, you do not have to pay back, it's a grant. So, so to get the grant, you have to file for the disaster loan, the economic disaster loan. So what we're encouraging everybody to do is apply for the loan, get the grant, you don't have to activate the loan, you don't have to accept it, but you get to keep the grant. So it sounds quirky, but you have to remember we're dealing with the federal government and they've got lots of bureaucracy uh, and things like that. And so this is one of them, but it's one way to get the grant. 
And then if you need the loan, you can use it. Both the economic disaster loan and the payroll or paycheck protection loan um, has like uh, some leeway from the time that you're approved for the loan and the time that you actually activate it. So what we're recommending is that you file for the economic um, disaster loan, go ahead and do that. And you can go to sba.gov, you can go right to their website. Um, they put out a new application just Sunday night. So um, it's very easy, um, it takes about 15 minutes and uh, all you need in front of you is your um, in your most recent tax return. If you have 2019, that's great. If you don't, you can use your tax return from 2018. It has all of the information there that you're going to need. If, if you have a profit and loss statement, that may help you for 2019. But I think we're kind of splitting hairs here. Um, what they're going to lend you is half uh, or up to half of your gross profit as reported on your tax return. So it, now we're talking about accounting. It uses math, but accounting is not mathematical. It's not math. So what we are thinking of and what they're thinking of is two different kinds of numbers. So, so the best thing to do is, you, most of you probably have your 2018 return, is get that out. It's the first page of the 1120. Um, that's your, your federal corporate tax return. And it has the uh, gross receipts for your business, and then it has the cost of goods sold. And that's the two figures that you need uh, to determine what your gross profit is. And you're eligible for up to half of that, depending on your credit rating and so on and so forth. But go ahead and fill, out, uh, fill that out and go ahead and apply for it. Um, there is a caveat. Um, I've been hearing things that there's a time limit. They're also saying that you know, there's only so much money in this fund for the grants. So the sooner you get your application in, uh, the better off you're going to be because uh, you want to get your name as close to the top of the list as, as possible. So, so we've got these things available for us. The um, economic disaster or the economic disaster, economic injury disaster loan, that's to help you in this period uh, while you've been told to reduce hours and before you can resume. That's for the business. The unemployment compensation is for your employees. Um, and of course, if you're an employee of your business, um, you know what I mean? If you're like a subchapter S corporation, if you've been paying unemployment premiums on yourself as the owner, then obviously you're automatically entitled. But they're saying that they're, they're being very liberal. Uh, the worst thing that can happen is you apply and you find out that you don't qualify. But the rules are constantly changing. They're trying to help as many people as they can. I would recommend that you apply. More than likely, you're going to be eligible for, for benefits. So the unemployment is for how you take care of your employees while you're reducing your, um, your hours or your services. And then the, um, the um, payroll protection loan um, we start taking those funds once we reopen. So there's a little bit of a timing issue here, and that's where you're hearing a lot about, you know, you've got to use this in May and June, or you've got to use this in June or July or, or whatever. That's because right now, they think you're going to reopen sometime around May 1st. I don't, I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know enough about these things. Um, I don't know how quickly this virus is going to pass, 
but my sense is given the way that they're, they've been behaving, if they find out that this is gonna look more like June the 1st, then I think they're gonna extend all these, these dates. But you do have a period of time, I believe it's 60 days. Once you're approved for the loan, you have 60 days to actually start drawing on it. So there's not like this big rush, like since I get it, I have to do something with it. Um, you've got 60 days to start using it, and then you have 60 days to spend it because they want to pay your employees for the two months um, after uh, you resume operations. So, so what I'm trying to say to you is, and then I'll start taking your questions, is that um, we have these things that are available. I get it that it's confusing because it's government stuff and they didn't recreate a whole new bureaucracy because they wouldn't be able to do that fast enough um, to get money to people and then they need it now. Um, so they're using the unemployment system and they're using the small business administration system. As a business owner, you will use both of these systems to get assistance from the federal government. And so I just wanted to help you with that kind of information on what you could do for your business right now. Alex. Beautiful, that's a wonderful overview. I appreciate that. Couple questions, I was just speaking to my father today. He, for those listening who don't know my story, he is a dentist. That's kind of part of why I got into dentistry. And I talk about my story in some of our webinars and things that we do. The, he, he retired from his practice, but he works now as an independent contractor. He loves dentistry. Not now, he's not doing it anymore, but he doesn't get a W-2. So I know I saw that in some of the provisions that, that these acts do work for independent contractors. So if you're not, you know, it says it'll pay payroll, will the emergency relief uh, fund, will the PPP, will all that apply for independent contractor? They're, they're saying that independent contractors can apply for unemployment. But think of it this way, if I were an independent contractor, usually it's because I have my own corporation. Right. And so, um, so what happens is, is I get paid, but that money goes into my corporation. So if that person applies for unemployment, they really should do it under the name of their own corporation. Of the corporation. That's how they should, they should do it under their corporation. If they're not incorporated, um, that's where some of the details haven't been worked out. If, if, and chances are, if they're an independent contractor, they should be incorporated. Right. Um, there's, 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 there's incorporation, right? So, would you, so unemployment's one way. Yeah. Then you have the emergency relief, and then you have. No, the, but wait, let me clarify. The okay. reason why I'm saying this is because the independent contractor wants to know who do I apply under. Okay. If, if, as an independent contractor, if you've got your own EIN, federal ID number, Correct. then you, you should that. file for your own unemployment and you do it under your EIN, your, like your company name. Okay. If you're, if you're an independent contractor, but you're using your social security number, then I think you probably would apply under the practices name. But there, there's, there's, you'd probably have to talk to your CPA because there's a lot of- Well, I think most independent contractors have an LLC or some form. Usually they do, but if and, they and, don't- And if you're a dentist, you're 
kind of silly not to because you open yourself up to personal liability if you don't have well that but that's what we could say now that's a kind of a, a shoulda thing okay you know what i mean all i'm saying <laughs> is that if if you're not then you probably have to apply under to get benefits you'd have to apply under the practice's name unfortunately that could trigger an audit situation because the irs um is very particular about independent contractors doing you know what I mean? Like if this is an associate who works every day in your office and does regularly um, uh, duties in that office that are done on a they daily basis. They might be basis, construed as an employee. That you misclassified them. Yes. So if let, this let, is somebody let, who only comes like once a week and right. goes to several different offices, then you could be an independent, you could be a real independent. Well, you have some specialists and traveling general GPs that go to multiple offices and they have their own their own company. Right. And usually people who do actually do that, who, who go to multiple offices, have their own federal identification number. But that is also the definition of a true independent contractor. Independent contractor. So work with me here in the moment to give us as a case study example, a uh, little bit of nepotism over here, right? Going to okay. ask you about my dad and then we'll go to the other dentist, right? So the, the unemployment's one method that he could use. Correct. Correct. The other method is he can use the disaster relief to get the 10 grand pretty quickly, right? Correct. That's if one. he is incorporated. If he's incorporated. Right. That, Whether that they'll be, actually give it to him or not remains another to be story. seen, so but he could. He could Incorporation apply. can mean you're an LLC, you're an S Corp, you're a C Corp, any type of limited liability company. So True. Yes. you're not a... You're not a uh, and you could be a sole proprietor with an L, meaning your your own business, and you have an LLC. But then there's there's sole proprietors or whatever that there's no corporate f uh, formation. And in almost every situation, no matter what you do, if you're if you're not an employee, and we can get back to this later in business courses yeah. that we teach. But if you're not an employee, you should always have a corporation. It's so cheap to have some sort of limited liability company. Yes, because we'll, there's we'll, a lot of tax benefits for those people. It's just, you got to do it. You also don't want to open yourself to personal liability. The, the, so that's one. So the, now in terms of the SBA and this, the PPP provision, okay, the idea, so in my father's case, right? So he would want to be able to get two months of, of employment compensation. Um, and I believe you said you can do the disaster of the 10 grand, get that first, then you can go to the SBA, get the loan, and you would be able to get the two months, the $10,000 can, can be credited off uh, that what the SBA is giving you in a sense, meaning you can't double dip. Right? Correct. They're not going to lend you here and lend you there. So let's say you needed 30000 for a number. You can get 10 from the disaster relief and pretty mm -hmm. quickly, get the other 20 from from the the SBA. And remember, Correct. there's also a for limit. For the PPP program. For the PPP. Remember, yeah. there's a limit in terms of $100,000 prorated. So you're looking at 16, 17 grand for those two months per employee is maximum you're going to get forgiven. Correct? Correct. Correct. Okay. And so what's the advantage? Would you do, could you do all three of these instruments, unemployment, disaster, and SBA? Or you yes. triple you're Actually, you're going to use both the SBA the SBA and unemployment, you're going to use both. It just remains to be seen whether it's worthwhile for you as the employer to use both the economic injury disaster loan and the payroll protection. 
because some dentists may feel like I don't, I don't need the loan from the economic injury. But the, the, the caveat there is we would want you to get the $10,000 grant. And so you, you actually will apply for the economic injury loan, take the grant. Take the grant portion. Take the grant, take, and then, but don't activate the loan. You can't is get the, the grant, grant is without a ten, a, is, is a grant the 10,000? Correct. Okay, get the grant, don't get more potentially. They, they won't give you more for the grant. From what I'm understanding, it grant. is a $10,000 grant. Um, what they're saying is that if you actually are approved for the economic injury disaster loan, they will front you or advance you whatever the loan, there's a loan amount. We'll just say the loan amount is $50,000. Okay. They're going to front you $10,000 within the first three days. Okay. Is what they're going to do. From the time that you get approved, within three days, they're going to fund, uh, advance you $10,000 as the a grant. grant. Portion. And the, and the that, rest that you can does get not later. have to be re repaid. But so, so the other 40000 you typically have about 60 days to actually uh, activate the loan. So if you okay. don't start accepting those funds, it will cancel out the loan for you. Okay, um, so the procedure so don't take is- take the money, take the with, grant. With economic relief, you get the grant, the 10 grand. The, if you were approved for 50, for example, you would ignore the 50, it would eventually dissolve, you wouldn't have to take it. You then go and you take an SBA loan now with the, and making sure that the, the bank you're working with is, is able to write these loans that uh, offer the, the protection, right? Because mm -hmm. the old SBAs didn't. Um, so, so this SBA loan will get you the rest of the two and a half, what that, what that, um, met metric is on, on, uh, your rent utilities, your payroll. And, yeah. And payroll. Yeah. And I believe it, what is it? 75% of it has to be payroll. And in terms of what you're spending the money on to yeah, get at least 75, at least 75. Really what they're doing is again, they're actually paying you or they're giving you the money to bring all of your employees right back to work day one. They don't want you to wait until your uh, business ramps up. You know what I mean? Because they're right. figuring, this is what they're figuring now. Your, your business is probably going to ramp up within two months. We want you to bring everybody back. We're going to give you the money to do it. Okay. And so why would, in terms of the case of the independent business, why would they then go ahead and do unemployment for themselves when they're getting it paid by the disaster and the SBA? Good, good question. The unemployment is only good for when you are not working, meaning your, your practice is the hours are limited and you're, you're technically shut down. Once they give us the all clear and tell you that you can reopen, you won't be eligible for unemployment anymore because you've gone, you're going to go back to work. And so that's when the um, payroll protection loan now will pay you. Okay, uh, Michael, our ADA executive, uh, one of our members and mastermind members as well, he was posting here, and I'll appreciate this, Michael. He says, the ADA recommends to file for the EDIL, this was the Economic Disaster Injury Whatever Relief uh, Grant, Injury what and loss, is that what it is? I and loss, whatever, uh, grant, and then apply for the PPP loan with documentation simplified from sent out. The EDIL grant will be deducted from the PPP loan grant. So ADA recommends go disaster relief, then get SBA. C correct, go ahead and do both. And, and what he's saying is true, and you just said that. If you take the grant and you apply for money through the PPP program, they're going to deduct the grant money from the total amount of the loan. 
because they're not going to give you the loan and then and, and give you the grant. They'll give you the grant and then subtract that amount from the loan. That, that's all. Okay. You're, you're still going to get your, you're still going to get your loan. Okay. And let's, let's go. So that tells us the independent contractor route. Let's go the standard bread and butter dental practice. So what we were saying in other webinars, and, and we're not going to get into it in, in this one because you can go watch the other ones that we posted replays on, on the website, by the way, and all of you are probably familiar with this also academy.com. And then if you go slash survival, we have a kit of a bunch of webinars and resources that we keep pumping out there for you. Our all-star students, obviously you have the success and adversity course. That's a course that we go a little more one-on-one -on -one time with the, with the, with the offices and put that in, in, in there. So we're trying to create content for both our students as well as uh, the public. Um, the, okay, let's go step-by-step. Step. So one of the reckon, one of the things in, in most cases, and we were talking about this with our members the other day, uh, and it was very interesting because a lot of them were, were again, maybe, and, and, and by the way, these are, these are conversations that take multiple times repeating because it's, it's kind of complex, uh, even for us. And it's very complex for the dentist hearing this because you have to, every scenario is different and you have to be able to, to go. And if you make kind of the wrong move, it could cost you tens of thousands of dollars later if, because of the error or the strategic move. So there are a lot of offices are still paying employees or part-time or whatever. And again, the other complexity is your state law too. You have to take consideration, but in general, what we're kind of seeing in most cases, uh, what Larry has been advising in most cases and Robin and so on is if you're not, really operating much, which you aren't, you want to furlough your employees. Some people call that laying off, whatever it is. Uh, get them kind of re-acclimated re to you after the waiting period is. So you're so basically, and again, we went over the procedure before, but basically your, your team is, um, your, your team's on using government assistance is what we call it. Not unemployment, kind of scary, government assistance. They're still your team. And and okay, so that's step one, that's happening. And there are other things that, that you can do in, in terms of preserving cash flow. And then now, Larry, that step, again, we spent all the time on that. Now we're getting into the what we do when it comes to this PPP concept, which almost is like the grant and the remainder of the PPP or the SPA situation. So what am I using that money for? I'm already furloughed them. Okay. Now a lot of dentists were recommending you bring back at, and we did what we did discussions on this. We bring them back on limited capacity. We bring them back on different work capacity, different rate capacity for online training and things like that. Many of the people on this call are all-star students. So they're doing an on-site training. They're doing their business training, things like that. Um, what are we using this other money for? And how does it, does it, does it mess up what we're doing with, um, with the unemployment, walk me through a kind of timeline. No, remember, unemployment unemployment is for um, providing assistance while you're limiting your hours or or shut down. Okay, that's what unemployment is for. Okay, the payroll protection loan is what you're going to use to pay your employees once you reopen. Gotcha. So so you can gotcha. you can kind of maximize things here. Okay, you know. Technically, they want you to use all this money for payrolls, what they really want you to use it for. Got it. So um, unemployment is step is you're, you're doing now because you're kind of like I'm hearing from uh, other other panelists and attendees that 
in Florida, for example, we're, we're, we're in lockdown and most, a lot of states are, or doing things like that. So you're, you're using government assistance, step one. With to your pay, pay while you're on lockdown. Pay while you're on lockdown. You're going to be using, bringing, we recommend the best you can use your team at limited capacity if it's emergencies or at different capacity, a different rate for training. And so you're continuing to communicate. And we'll do some webinars. I, I like to, in a couple of weeks, start moving into this discussion about what to do with your employees. Um, and okay, so that's happening. And then you're starting to, you're applying, starting to apply for these emergency relief and the SBA. So that money is ready, the grant money and the, the PPP portion of it that can be used for when you bring them back, you can take them off unemployment and pay. Is that what it's kind of designed for? Correct. Because once yeah. they are called back to work on a full-time basis Got or it. whatever wow. their regular basis is, they're no longer eligible for That's unemployment. That's really encouraging. So that will, yeah, it's for once, I feel like they put something together you know what I mean? That that really I think is going to help people. It's not a stimulus package; it's a relief package. They're actually paying you, or yeah, they're they're giving you the money to stay home. Is is what they're doing? They're paying people to stay home by the way that they put the unemployment package together, and then they're paying businesses to pay their employees whether they need them or not, because they want to bring them all back. See, There's a I lot of little small details, yeah. but basically that's what they're doing. And I, I like it. Now I, I get it. I like simplifying things because it, it seems there's so many things kind of thrown out and, and so on. But it sounds, and this is very encouraging for those that are listening because, you know, obviously there's initial panic. What do I do? And uh, first of all, that we see that, that rents and, and a lot of major expenses are being postponed or giving grace periods, mortgages and stuff. So a lot of the big expenses for a dental office and personal position are, are on hold. That helps, right? The other thing is the other big expense is going to be uh, payroll. So payroll the government, your, expense, your, your, yeah. your government is taking care of payroll. Okay. You are using some, if you have some budget, because again, this is a, um, an investment in terms of um, uh, keeping in contact with your team. And, and that's very, very important. And I think Larry, I, if we, if we don't have something else come up, I think next week I want to talk about this. This is so big because it's just a, this is the missing link here in this formula. But back on the form of just cash itself, you have unemployment, you have these other loans in situations that are forgivable, okay? So it's paying for you. Uh, so basically your payroll is taken care of as you kind of come back while you're out and when you come back, that's a beautiful, if you, if you follow this process we're talking about, unemployment, then the, the, the two loans we're talking about, you're in wonderful financial shape, you know, and like you, you said, I love what you say, Larry, you're kind of, the government is pausing you. Right. We're not going to grow. None of us are going to do better right. uh, because of this situation. But you're not going out of business. Right. Nobody should have to close their business. They shouldn't have to go bankrupt. People should not lose their jobs uh, because of this. That's, that's the key point here. And, and so and I, the, yeah. the details that that's are good. working out is that we don't know how long we're going to be in this situation. So we're hearing dates like May 1st, June the 30th, da, da, da. Um, just keep in mind that once you get approved for a loan, you're going to have so many days to activate it. Uh, you want to time that with how you're going to need it. You, you want to be able to do that. The PPP loan is only for, remember, two months. That's basically all they're covering. So two months from the time that you reopen, uh, right. you've got two months. You've got to spend all that money it. and you've got to use it. 
Are they going to lock you into, it's got to be July the 30th or June the 30th or whatever. I'm going to say, although I'm not a CPA here, but I think they would agree, they're not going to lock you into those dates just yet because we haven't resumed operations. And, and we have to see what the virus does. I mean, Right, if, because if, remember, yeah. it's the Congress. They they put out a sample form, and then two hours later, they put out the final form. And, you know, and I, like, I like what the message board is doing, um, is that there was a good point, and we can address it as well in a moment, but about them not wanting to come to work. And, and I already see the, the responses, which are good. That's a very popular question. But before I get to that, so, okay, so there's the plan. You're kind of locked in place. And... And you follow these steps, um, then you're in really good shape um, for the the big portion of of stuff. Now, I guess this little sliver that came up in the message board, and we've heard this many times, is what's the incentive? Because also the government is helping unemployment by getting the person up to nearly nearly to that thousand dollar mark. Yes, and so and this comes up all the time, and 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 this is just Larry talking. It's not All Star. It's not Alex. But this is Larry talking. Regardless of what kind of system we put in place, there are going to be individuals who are going to try to game the system, you know, and and we're going to find team members who feel like, well, she got to stay home all day and you still made me come in for a couple of hours. And and we both really ended up with pretty much the same amount of a benefit. And and what I want to say is, you know, to some people, just shame on you. We, We are in the worst crisis this country Actually, I don't know a time, maybe the, the flu epidemic, the, the one they had when in Spain from all those years ago. I mean, there was other things. We haven't had anything like this in our lifetime. And so what we're looking for is everybody to pull together. If, if your dentist is asking you to come in to do a few hours of work to see an emergency patient, it's because that individual needs our care. You know what I'm saying? But for that person to feel like, why should I have to do some work when, you know, so-and-so didn't have to come in? If, if I'm making any sense here, it's just like, we need all hands on deck and we need everybody to be willing to do their share. But, but you're right. It does mean in most states, if you do work a little bit while you're on unemployment, they're going to subtract that amount that you earn from whatever your benefit is. Uh, by the way, Mike, but, but you're Michael, still, you're still going to get your money. Michael, can you, he, Michael, See, it's like, don't job. get me started on this. Thing. I, I know, See, I know done. we're going to go and broken appointments. It's not happening yet. Yeah. Um, Michael, can you, uh, you're responding to all panelists, respond to all panelists and attendees because Mike, uh, he, he's giving us some great information and, and I want the people that are on the chat to see what you're saying, Mike. Mike is our mole. I, I know he's our mole in the ADA. Yeah. Mike is our mole. All right, he's giving us good information. He, he is the man on the inside. Yeah, because only the but panels I, I are can hear. It. I can understand how people may feel like there's not an incentive for somebody to want to do any work while we're on on lockdown or shutdown, whatever you want to call it. Also, but the reality is we need every we need all hands on deck. Also, Our patients still need us. I, I want to address that. Also, I want to thank Robin. She's feverishly trying to answer a lot of these questions as well. So thank you for, for helping with that. Th- again, this is a big thing. So Larry, you're spot on. That's a great point. People are always going to game the system. Um, that's going to happen. But I think there are two things to consider. And, I, and, and this is my prediction. Number one, I, I think that people are also going to want um, to there's incentive for them. And we'll talk about that next week in terms of in the weeks that come about people will want to 
interact with you. They're not going to want to stay home because they're getting stir crazy. They're going to want to interact, have human contact, even virtually it's something because you can't just go to the beach. I'll tell you, if there's a government shutdown and we can go to the beach and do other things, I, I think virtual training wouldn't happen. No, boom, but, but, I'm going to lose my but mind. You're, you, but you're stuck at home. So you're, you're doing your all-star training. You're doing your business training. You're doing those things. Right. So that makes sense. But the other thing is, and, and Robin has advised us on this, Adrian, the great people at Ben Erickson, is that if you ask them to come back or you ask them to do things and they don't comply, they essentially, they essentially quit. They weren't fired. Right. Right. Which and makes so, them ineligible and they're for ineligible for the benefits. So they that's can't refuse work if it's available. Exactly. Exactly. So be careful that you don't uh, you don't because I think also the same thing too is that you're not you're not firing them, terminating for any reason. It, it's basically they did not fulfill their job responsibility. They do not pass go. They do not collect unemployment. And so I would be be mindful of just not firing them, but letting them, you have the documentation. Like you said, Larry, you've asked them to come in, they refused and they had no legitimate reason. They're not getting unemployment. And, and, and you're, you're going to get a notice from unemployment about this person. What happened to them? You can say, I had work. They didn't want to come in. Denied. Right. Right. So the question you have leverage against in, that because we're seeing this in, in my wife's office. Um, some patients, I'm sorry, not some, some staff don't feel comfortable coming to work because they feel like a patient will expose them or another and staff that's different. member. That's different. That, that's a different kind of situation. That's different. And so I would say that's fine. That person doesn't have to come in. But I would also say that if you're following all of the recommended guidelines, Absolutely. if you're following all the recommended guidelines to protect yourself and other patients and, and you have to be called in, then I don't think there's... Re you don't have to worry about recourse or anything like that. Um, but I, I've told those employees, you know, no, if you don't feel like you should come in, then, then you shouldn't, you know? And, and if all of your employees insist that they can't come in because they're afraid, then my recommendation is that they shouldn't and that you'll have to make provisions for your patients to be seen someplace else. We're, we're trying to avoid having them go to an emergency room. That's, that's why they're limiting your care because they don't want all these toothaches and abscesses and all that going to the emergency room because they're going to be overwhelmed and they're, it's going to take care away from people who might be suffering from the virus. So they don't want that to happen. But in reality, if it does, we have to prepare for it. Um, those patients will have to either be sent to the emergency room and, and you'll have to decide if that's the best option for them or you'll have to find another one of your colleagues who would be willing to see those individuals. Yeah, I think, again, clear, clear point, we're not asking anybody to come in where it's not safe. If it's clearly not safe, then you don't come in. And right, right now, the governments are saying you're not coming in, you know, so. Because there, there was the Families First Act that came out, that was the first thing that came out of the government's mouth, is that we have the Families First Act that will provide sick leave and medical leave if you know, you're suffering from the virus or you're caring for somebody with the virus or you have to stay home because your child's school was closed you know, because of the virus. Um, and so that came out first. And everybody thought, okay, that's great. And we'll get a uh, income tax credit you know, to get reimbursed if we have to pay this out. Then they changed the unemployment and they beefed it up. So um, it doesn't make sense for somebody to use the medical leave or the Families First Act because unemployment will actually pay them better. 
And so to me, that's a better option for the employee is use, use your unemployment. Don't use the family's first act. Um, I've also heard from a very reputable source, but I haven't seen it in print anywhere, but it makes sense to me that when they came out with the CARES Act embedded in there in the 600 pages, they are not going to enact the Families First Act for uh, 30 days. And it makes sense. Why, why do the Families First Act when an employee can get reimbursed or, or get financial aid through the unemployment system? To me, that does make sense. Um, and so to go ahead and do it that way. Um, but if you have an employee who feels like they, they can't come in because it isn't safe, then they shouldn't. And we have the unemployment system to protect them. You just have to make provisions. Um, I, need, I, I wish I had Robin there shaking her head, yay or nay. Um, but we have the unemployment system to uh, provide them with financial assistance if they, if they feel that way. Excellent, excellent. Um, so again, we've been, we, we got, first of all, I wanna thank everybody. This is, uh, we have a much bigger turnout. I mean, beyond capacity, it's, it's crazy. I had to keep upgrading the, to get room for, for everyone. Um, it's a hot little, topic. Yeah, literally the amount of Q&A and, and chat would take us another two hours to answer them because of a lot of good questions. I recommend you go to the website. There's some, definitely the video that Adrian did and Robin was helping with on HR. And Larry and I did another, another uh, video as well. And there were some questions there in addition. The other thing, uh, I'm coming up with another course next week that will be uh, helpful. Uh, Larry will be involved in it. The, the other thing too, that if you have some really pressing questions, um, I do a group coaching session with my students, all student academy students. So you may wanna reach out. I can, you can talk with Heather, our VP of training. We're doing some really special um, opportunities to try to work with people because I know it's hard to uh, do stuff, but we, we have some affordable things to help because what, what I do in these group sessions, and Larry, uh, in the next session, I need you, I know it's an hour, but if we go over, I need you to just be there for at least another hour because I want everybody who has a question, who's a, I wanna be able to, to answer it at some capacity because right now we'd be here for three hours to answer the amount of questions that are here. And, and a lot of them take time to look over, your situation's different. And what was kind of cool in our last session with our students, we had people in the same state which was cool because they can say in my state, this is the law. Oh, my state, the same state. Because not only is there general federal law, which I think Larry's spot on, but your state law has different provisions, Texas, Florida, and, and otherwise. So if, if you need some additional help and stuff like that and, and, and pressing, let me know. I'll connect you with Heather. We'll see what we can do. We're, we're just trying to like, uh, uh, and, and normally we don't do weekly group coaching because that's why we have coaches. But I have all my coaches and my consultants and my head instructor, Larry, like putting their time in to like give extra, extra coaching support, not paid, just to kind of help because this is so complicated and the decisions being made will have a huge difference uh, later. We have to get it right because if we make, because we're making the investment in dentistry ourselves, because if you guys do well, we have, we have work going in the future. You guys have to be doing well for dentistry to, to survive. So we all have to help each other and, and make those decisions there. So just to kind of summarize, I, I, I kind of want to end here. Uh, next week, I'd like to try to move into what do we do during the downtime? Uh, because you have to make some of these decisions uh, you know, now, but we'll see what where things are. We may have to do more of this 
especially if new things come up. So Larry and I will talk about that. But in summary, the process, and we talked in prior webinars about the furlough process, about unemployment process, that was step one. Okay, that was discussed at length. You can watch the replays online. The next step, where we're talking about here, Larry's talking about, is utilizing uh, whether it's the disaster relief with the SBA or the SBA alone, either one of those, but getting enough money in forgivable provision that when you get back starting to work again, that that money will help you ramp up, paid yeah. for by the yeah. government. So the government is, is like a little cradle. It's, it's, it's holding you. It's trying to pause you, as Larry says. And that was really what I wanted you to get out today. Uh, and the, the disaster relief was really the, the easy to apply. Larry applied. I applied. It was quick. It was an, a very easy process to at least start that going. I've been talking to Bank of America and others. They're just now starting to get ready to start offering these things. Right. So, so for the, the payroll protection loan, the application is now available. And many of you have probably seen a copy of it because uh, it's floating all over the internet. So think of it this way. There's the, there's the application and then itself that has to be completed. And then the application has to be processed. Mm. So even though there's an application, it doesn't mean that the banks have the ability to process it because right. it's not likely they're just going to let you walk into the bank and give them a form. You know what I mean? They're probably not going to close this loan um, uh, by paper. They're probably going to develop a portal uh, at your bank because this PPP loan is being distributed through banks. So um, it's going to go through banks. They'll probably have a portal where you could fill out the application and then you can electronically sign it. Because uh, I don't see where they're going to have millions of companies showing up at banks with paper forms and documents and things like that, and, and then sign these closing forms. You'll probably do it electronically. So now what we're waiting for is when will the banks step up now? Because they're trying to work out the details as well. Um, but when will they be able to actually process the application? So that, that's the next step. And so these are the things that we have available to us right now. Um, we're using the terms two months, eight weeks, July the right. 30th, because we really don't have any idea um, because I'm not a person who deals with viruses and pandemics. I don't know how long this is going to last, but get, get in and take advantage of these things now. Phase right. four that they're already talking about as far as aid could just be an extension of what we're doing now. Instead of, instead of the, the supercharged unemployment from the federal government for two months, they may decide to do it for four months. You know what right, I mean? They may right. do the payroll protection instead of for two months. They may again do it for four they months. Might consider it more. That might be the next thing that they do. Cause I don't, I don't want to say, cause I'm not qualified to talk about it and I don't want people to be fearful. I feel like the government is doing what they can to take care of us and we need to be diligent and take care of these opportunities that are here um, for us. You know, it was interesting, and, and Michael is, is kind of met on message board. It may very well go further than we think, a few extra months, whatever it is. But what's interesting, I was at the 60 minutes, but the Treasury Secretary or one of the advisors to whatever, he was saying, like, look, they got the resources. They can keep printing money. They can keep. Right. Keep, Unlike you and pausing. I, I can't do it, yeah. but they so can. And they are. They are and, printing and money. And they're doing, and like you said, I know, Larry, you're pretty cynical about the government. They're doing a, so far a pretty good job they're doing, in pausing. I think, yeah. I think when it comes to how quickly they had to respond and the way 
that they're having to respond. And this is Larry talking, and maybe it's not fair for this conversation, but I, I feel like they've done a good job. I get it that it's confusing because it's the government, and this is a complex society that we live in, but really they're doing it probably the most efficient way because it's not practical for them, and I keep saying this, it's not practical for them to show up with a bag of money and just start handing it out to people. There has to be a way that it's distributed. And so I, I feel like they've done a good job. And, and, and I think also, they're also doing a good job to assure that the money they are printing that is adding to our debt that we're all going to have to pay. Um, <laughs> but I feel like this is a good thing. But they're making sure that it actually gets spent where it's supposed to. Right. This money is supposed to go to employees. Right. And that's what they learned. The guy was saying in 60 Minutes, they learned because on the economic issue in the past, they gave it to this, the big banks. They did not give it to the people. So you had, you didn't have the economy from the bottom up kind of working. Right. And I also, this and I money wanna, is for your staff and I want yeah. them to get it. Yeah. And I just want to, I want to thank Michael for being here. I want to thank the ADA as well, because I know he's been working with them and others. They've been lobbying to try to help these things. So there's a lot of people working behind the scenes and, and, and Larry just, gosh, you know, um, uh, such a great understanding, detailed. I mean, the emails Larry sends to, to us and his clients is such such wonderful, great knowledge. And I'm so grateful for having you being here. And thank you, Robin, for being on this call, answering the questions, our, our, our HR specialist. So like I said, um, we'll, be, we'll continue this next week, same time. I'll send a link in the next day or two to register for the next one. Uh, we may be talking more about issues like this. We might, I, I'd like to start to get into what do we do? Because I'll tell you this, this is m my strategic thinking is that I think if we don't keep a relationship with our team and they don't feel connected, you are looking at potentially a longer term, a bigger loss than, than some of these things that even the government's giving you. Granted, short term, you need it because but I'm saying if you lose employees, that's one to three times their salary and loss of production capability. It's hard to find a good team right, and right. invest and, in them. You don't want to lose that. And even worse than that, I would hate for your team to come back and be resentful oh. because they didn't. And I've said this right from the start. We don't want their feelings to be hurt, you know, and we don't want them to feel like we didn't try to do the best that we can. That's why I started this conversation saying, you know, when you talk about unemployment, people kind of get the impression that you're kicking them to the curb. And we are not doing that at all. It's just that this is the vehicle that the federal government has given us to provide them with assistance. As a business owner, I need that assistance because I have no revenue coming in. I can't see patients, you right. know. And so uh, we're, we're, we care about the team. I care about the team. Alex does, Heather does, Robin does, you know, Eric does. We're, we're all worried that they come out of this hole. So. Excellent. Well, Larry, thank you so much for this great overview and insight of what's going on in kind of governmental policy and some of these instruments and help, you know, simplifying the layout. Thank you. Thank you, Robin. Thank you, everybody. And we'll be in touch. And until next time, go out there and be an all-star. Be an all-star. Be an all-star. Okay. All Bye, everybody. Thanks.